Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast, where we have honest conversations about things that make us different. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. I've been in recovery for 13 plus years and recently released my memoir, Discovering My Scars, about my mental health struggles, experiences, and faith. I'm a lawyer turned pastor who's all about self-awareness and emotional health because I know what it's like to have neither of those things. Beth and I have been friends for six years, have gone through a recovery program together, and when I wanted to start a podcast, she was the only name that came to mind as co-host. And I didn't hesitate to say yes, because I've learned a lot from honest conversations with Steph over the years. We value honest conversations, and we hope you do too. So today is May 13th, 2020, around 9.30 in the morning. We don't normally timestamp our episodes, but we think it's important to do that right now. Yep, things are still changing daily with the coronavirus outbreak, and we're now like, I don't know, 8 million weeks (laughs) in on this thing. Maybe, maybe so, Beth. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I know, I know we're in it and we're still in it. But I will say, I think today is our last episode of our series, our very first, series. our very first series that we accidentally got into. So, how are we going to end this, Beth? How are we wrapping up our coronavirus pandemic outbreak lockdown series? I think what we're realizing is that it took a pandemic for us to be able to do a series on our podcast. Yes, that is so true. I never even we never even considered doing a series and it took a pandemic for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think that's a good topic. Yeah, I think that's a good topic. It took a pandemic too. How about you, Beth? What else um, did it take a pandemic for? All right, let me think. It took a pandemic for me to experience Sabbath or rest. Hmm. And I say that because life was going at like a million miles a minute. And then so much just stopped Mm -hmm. that there has been more rest. Even as work has continued, there's the pace of life has been more restful. I had to go to the doctor last week. My blood pressure was down. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's very interesting. So when you say rest, do you mean like actually just stopping and doing nothing? Do you mean like just taking more time during your day to breathe and to pray or to think or to do nothing? Like what exactly do you mean by Sabbath? Yeah. Well, what I really mean is that there are fewer things on my calendar. Mm -hmm. So there are fewer, um, you know, we didn't end, we we didn't go to any of the games that were the end of the lacrosse season because the whole season got canceled. So all of those responsibilities fell off of my calendar and school changed for the kids. And so that changed, um, the dynamic in the household. And like, they're just, we were, we have been at home. And so the kids haven't been going places and I haven't been going places and my husband hasn't been going places. So there's just this sense of restfulness about our lives that didn't, that just wasn't true. So it took a pandemic for me to see that that was even possible because I would have said, this is just how life is. Yeah. We we just, we're just busy people. This is what it takes. Well, and we did an episode a while back about why we glamorize being overworked and over busy, because I think that is something culturally that we specifically as Americans, that's part of our culture is to go, 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 fill up your schedule, be busy, be busy, be busy. And it literally took a pandemic for all of us to, you know, hit a brick wall and be like, literally can't do that right now and having to take time. And do you think like I know for me? When I'm like, so go, go, go and so busy, 
I don't take time to really think and process things. And that's usually when I fall into like more anxiety and more depression because I don't take that time for me mentally. Have you found that you're able to have like more mental clarity than you have in the past? Yeah. It's just like there's less clouding in my emotional space because some of that busyness is gone. It has been replaced by some other things that aren't entirely healthy. Yeah. You know, some some other anxieties or worries or uncertainties or fear about uncertainties. Um, but the busyness at least has subsided. What about you? What did it, what does it take in a pandemic for you to... Well, I think the very first thing that comes to mind is it took a pandemic for me to truly appreciate my porch. And I know it sounds so simple, but when I moved into my house um, like six years ago, six or seven years ago, I um, I remember thinking, wow, how cool there's a porch. It's almost like, you know, it's a bonus space. because It's not even included in your square footage. So it's like, you know, this is a bonus. How cool. And it's I uh, and I never really appreciated. I never sat out there that often. I had nice seats and everything out there ready to go, ready to be a great spot, but I never truly appreciated it. Um, but this pandemic just happened to coincide with great weather here in Florida. And me and my mom, like when she comes over, we go straight to the porch and we just sit and we do work out there. We talk, we sit, we do nothing. Mac comes out there and lays down. And it just time that I would have had filled with other things and wouldn't um, have taken the time to just sit, um, I'm doing now. And I don't want that to change. Like when when things get back to, I don't want to say normal because that's not the term, right, but when they get right. back to something more structured than we have right now, um, I don't want to change that. I want to keep my windows open, my porch open. Um, I know the summer is going to force me to think otherwise, but right. I'm going to figure it out. I have a fan out there. I'm going to make it work. <laughs> We have actually had some really great weather lately and it has made, I don't normally like to be outside at all and it has made me want to be outside. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm right there with you. More time on the porch, more time outside, more walks in the neighborhood. Uh, all, all of that has happened. You know, it took a pandemic for that to happen in my life. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. It also took a pandemic for me to enjoy eating at home. It oh. used to be that we would eat at a restaurant. I would eat at a restaurant at least once a day for something. Mm. I'd, go to Dunkin' Donuts to get my coffee in the morning or I'd meet someone for brunch or uh, or we would meet at a restaurant to do our podcast planning mm -hmm. or or my family would go out to dinner. Like there was always a restaurant involved somewhere that was like essential. So much so that like eating out wasn't even special. It was just normal. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I can do this. Like we as a family can work together to do meal planning and meal prep. And this is an enjoyable time. So, But it took a pandemic for me to really understand that. I would say it took a pandemic for, for me to realize I can do that, that I can eat mm -hmm. every meal at home. I'm not going to go as far as saying that I'm loving it. Um, <laughs> I will say um, we were in the routine of eating every meal out. So I will. And it wasn't a special thing anymore. Um, so I do like the fact that it's not even a question like where do we eat out? It's just we're eating here and it's easy and we are able to just kind of de-stress and sit on the porch and, and eat a meal. So I do like that fact. But I will say it took a pandemic going along with your food thing. It took a pandemic for me to realize I don't have to go to Starbucks every day um, <laughs> because that's something that I would do on the regular and if not more than once a day. Um, but I'm not going to go as far as saying that that's a good thing. I will say I still want to. I'm not going to say like it's been, you know, how many days, like way 
there's been enough days for me to get in the habit of knocking a Starbucks, mm-hmm. but still every day I want to go. And like we are, and it's not, <laughs> it's not so much about like what you would order at Starbucks, right? It's really about, experience. yeah, the experience yeah. of sitting there and tangentially experiencing community Yeah, without it having be, without it be like all up in your like at your table. right? Yeah. I mean, there was something I really liked. I got a lot of kind of busy work done that I couldn't get done fully at home because I was just distracted by things. There's too many more fun things to do than like typing things. So I would say I do miss that. And, you know, I miss my Starbucks cup. I miss. Mm-hmm. But um, I realize I can go a significant amount of time without going. And, you know, I'm not in a hole somewhere because of it. So that was good to realize <laughs> that I could survive <laughs> Not going to Starbucks. I'm really thankful for your survival, for the, for the, for the wanna, perseverance. I do want to say, we can link this in the show notes because this is classic stuff here. Um, my, I was really sad one day that I couldn't go to Starbucks. And we're not doing drive throughs We've mentioned that. Um, we're literally eating at home. Um, but I still have tea. Don't worry, folks. I'm still drinking my tea. <laughs> I still got my sweets. No worries here. Spoiler alert. My I had a doctor's appointment this weekend. All my blood work looks good, so no worries yep. there. <laughs> yeah, which is a little concerning because I have maybe had too many sweets. So I'm like, oh, that's not really telling me good stuff because I'm gonna continue doing that. But anyways, we um, a couple weeks ago, I was like, Mom, can we play Starbucks? And she was like, What? And I was like, Because we had banana bread, and I was like, Mom, could you put banana bread in a bag and write Starbucks on it, and then get a cup and write Starbucks and make and I'll make some tea and put it in the cup, and then I'm gonna sit in the car, and then you be my barista, and here's a piece of paper of you write you my made order. Her do all the work, of course. No, no, you did. I was doing it all no i was making the tea i was like i had her draw the starbucks mm-hmm. logo because i'm not good at drawing but if you see her she was not good either <laughs> she's like drew a happy face she's like here this is the um this is the mermaid i was like oh no <laughs> but we played starbucks and it was so much fun and we put it on our instagram because you know what i was like there's it's the it's the little things now and the next day we played panera drive through um for her birthday <laughs> i made her panera because that's what she had been craving so we have had fun with the uh the things that we're missing we're still able to enjoy the fun of them yeah i'm sure that i will get tired of eating at home but it just is it has turned out to be more relaxing. I just didn't know that that, that it would be that way. It always felt like, oh, we don't have time to do that or the energy to do that. And it turns out that we have the time and energy to do that. <laughs> and we, we can continue to do this uh, even once all of our favorite restaurants are open. It also made me realize like we have a lot of restaurants around us, a lot, a lot. And I was getting tired of all of them. Yeah, That's how much I ate out. That like, yeah. even with this you know, abundance of choices. It was like, oh no, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. And now it's like, oh, I'm just going to cook whatever we have. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We were in the same rut too. It's like, I don't want that. I want that. I mean, we were about to make this wheel of food where we would just spin it and just wherever it tells us to go, we'll go. Yeah. To not have to make the decision, right? Because it's like another decision I have to make. Yeah. Yeah. So Beth, anything else that it took a pandemic for you? Yeah. So I would say that it took a pandemic for me to realize that I don't have to travel to have adventure. Ooh, I like that. Because I really love to travel and have been really sad about like the fact that we didn't get to go to Spain like we had planned in March. And even just, you know, on a Saturday driving down to the coast to see the water, like we haven't been doing that. We have still been on weekends doing some um, like off-road trails and stuff just to be outside sort of, but 
it always felt like the way to have a family adventure was to go somewhere and do something together. And I'm finding that actually we can find adventure in other ways right here, just in our shared space. I mean, surviving a pandemic is sort of an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Exactly. So it doesn't have to be all about going and doing. Yeah. It can be about staying and experiencing. And looking at adventure in different ways than. Right. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. What about you? I would say, you know, one thing that I think it took a pandemic for me to truly realize that I love my neighbor and Mm -hmm. I'm using neighbor in the more broad term. But what I mean by that is a big reason. I mean, the whole point of wearing a mask is to protect if you if I happen to have the virus, I by wearing a mask am not my mouth juices aren't. (laughs) Sorry, I did it again. My mouth juices are not being projected into the world when I'm around other people, around my neighbors. And I feel it's very important to wear a mask to protect my neighbors. And that's something that I'd never had the opportunity to do something. I mean, you know, I follow the laws of the road to protect, you know, my neighbors, things like that. But there there was never anything that substantial to show, yeah. I do love people and you can show love in different ways. And this is the way that I'm doing that. So yeah, I think it took a pandemic for that to happen. Yeah. Because really the mask wearing is the pants for your face. It's it's definitely pants for your face, but you and I don't feel like it should be optional, but it is optional. Mm -hmm. And so it is a choice that you're making to convey to other people that they matter. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. somebody um, posted on Facebook uh, yesterday, the day before, about they're not they're not wearing a mask and that they you know it's one of these well I have my reasons right and okay. and I'm I'm pretty sure that I know the reasons I think that there is I think that I have some friends who think that wearing a mask is like a show of weakness or like a show of giving in to something and so they're so this person is not wearing a mask and they had been at the store and someone had been very rude to them about it you know mm coming up and saying, actually, I think the person said, I'm going to sue you for not wearing a mask. You're risking my health. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. The whole point of wearing a mask is to care for another person. So you really blow it if you're in a mask and you go up and you berate someone like, hello, (laughs) that's not, yeah, this, you know, you just, you do what you can, you do your part and you hope that somehow you doing your part conveys to other people that they matter and they matter enough that they should wear a mask for everyone's protection as well. And by the way, you can tell, you can tell a smile even when you're wearing a mask. Yeah. You you can see when people are smiling because your eyes like, so don't feel like, you know, you can't, I think that's part of it is you can't like really connect as much, which is, is true. Like that's not going to, that is true that there's a connection you get from seeing someone's full face. Um, But you can see a smile. So don't, don't forget that you can be you in a mask. I would say that it took a pandemic for me to realize I can still tell when someone is smiling just by their eyes because I I smile. Yeah. I happen to already know that because we wear a mask a lot in the workshop. And so yeah, my mom, I'll be like, mom, smile. And I was like, I can tell when you're smiling. You're not smiling. We both have really good um, resting, resting bee faces, I'll say. So uh, in mask or out of mask? We have a, we're, we're classic resting bee face especially when we're working we have to sometimes remind each other oh camera's on 
look like you're happy about life or something. <laughs> look friendly. Look friendly. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, oh, never mind. I won't get into that. Telling women to smile. <sighs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> that's a whole episode. Don't tell me to smile. But if you are going to smile, smile with your eyes. Yes, exactly. And your mouth so that we can, can you, see your smile even behind your mouth. Do you think you can smile with just your eyes? Not No. <laughs> I don't think I can. I'm looking at myself on the FaceTime and I don't think I can. See if you can smile without your mouth moving. Have your resting bee face and then try to smile. No. Nope. I can't do it. It's all about the it's all about the mouth and the cheeks and the yeah. Well, I think I know another thing that it that you've been doing during the pandemic, but I'll just share mine. That it took a pandemic for me to watch all the episodes of Money Heist. <laughs> what a fantastic show. What a great movement. Like movement excellent what is that well it's a whole movement okay so money heist is this show that came out of spain and they did two seasons and it basically failed in spain it was not a big deal and then netflix picked it up and it became huge the whole the, the one of the concepts behind the show is that there are these um the robbers like it's all about a heist and they wear red jumpsuits and dali masks to hide their identity and they're stealing from the government because the government can just make more money. So like there's no, there are no victims. And so it has become um, a symbol throughout, I think mainly, well, I think mainly Europe and South America, but I don't know that it's really caught on in the U S at all, but of people like using it in forms of protest against government action. And so it was, they Netflix bought it and it became this huge hit. And so Netflix paid for them to do, um, two more seasons. Actually, they're working on the fifth season now. So the third season with Netflix. Of course, the pandemic is messing up their recording yeah. schedule, blah, blah, blah. But Netflix ended up releasing a documentary about that change, that hmm. shift from before Netflix picked it up to after Netflix picked it up. And they shared a lot of the footage about people in in protests, you know, in red jumpsuits and in their Dali masks hmm. and how it has become like, how it be- has become a positive force for people oh. sort of standing up for themselves and standing up for the little guy, so mm. to speak. So that's why I said it was a movement because of how it's been used huh. in, internationally. But so yeah, it took, but it p- took a pandemic for me to even know about this show. Wow. Yeah. I've watched a lot during this pandemic. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I think my two favorites that I've watched are Tiger King. See, I was trying so hard not to bring up <laughs> the junk that I've, I've, that's why I said I've, I've seen a lot, but I, that is that, in my opinion, that is junk, and I didn't like it. Okay, I didn't like it. I don't want to talk about it. We've talked, we've brought it up too many times on here, and I don't want to talk about it. Anyways, no, my two best things. Number one, Shit's Creek, amazing show. I'm not cursing. It's a name. It's an amazing piece of amazingness. You're welcome. That was a great description. Um, highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. The other thing is something I've recently started watching that I realized that you actually like because you don't like Shit's Creek because I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I can't get into it. The show that I'm almost done with, actually, I'm on the last season, is Downton Abbey. Love it. Yes. So I... I am, can't believe it took a pandemic for you to I watch Downton Abbey. I'm late Abbey. to the Come game. On. I will tell you, for years, I've heard about it and I knew one day I would binge watch it, but the day never came. And then the day came a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to start Downton Abbey. And I did. And I've really enjoyed it. And we are going to watch the movie together because apparently there's a movie. There's well. a movie. Yes. I'm excited to 
for us to watch that together. That'll be exciting. I'm on, I have like three or four more episodes of season six. So close. Yeah. So it it literally took a pandemic for me to watch Downton Abbey and I have highly enjoyed it. I do have to turn on the closed caption because they say a lot of words. (laughs) I'm like, what'd you say? I mean, for the while I had to keep rewinding. I was like, what? And some things I can't fully follow. Like there was a whole storyline. I was like, I don't really know what's going on, but they're saying a lot of words. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but overall, it's good. And you can figure out the major storylines. So not to be weird about this, but this is gonna be good. But I'll just be weird about it. So but you have dyslexia. Isn't reading closed captioning really hard? Um, no, because they're reading it at the same time. So it just helps me comprehend better. I'm not necessarily reading it like word for word. I'm just kind of hearing them read it and I'm seeing the words. So it's helping reinforce because they have their thick accents. It's hard to understand the word exactly. But when I can see the word, uh, it does. It is more tiring to watch closed captionings because I'm like trying to read, trying to like look at the words as they're saying them and then also missing what the picture. But it's not as bad as sounds. It's really <laughs> I'm enjoying it still. So <laughs> like I said, though, I'm Uh-oh. missing some storylines because I'm just like, what are they talking about? This is going on for too long. And then they use like really fluffy language to say like one of our words like right (laughs) they say it in like you know two paragraphs and it's like we would say one word for that it's like okay great (laughs) yeah i will say with money i uh also closed captioning because it was originally recorded obviously in spanish because it's a spanish show and that may be another reason actually i just made this connection that i really enjoyed it is that we were oh, supposed yeah. to take that trip to spring, you know, to Spain over spring break and go to Madrid. And a lot of the show happens in Madrid. But so they recorded it in Spanish and then dubbed it over in English. And then we turn on the closed captioning because we're old. And the closed captioning doesn't always match. The translations don't always match. And so that's another source of uh, amusement for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I would say there are definitely negative things that have come out of this pandemic. There is... Right you know, too long to list them all. We've talked about them in previous episodes, but I think what we've kind of observed today is it took a pandemic for us to really observe some, some good things that we, there are some good things to come out of this and there are some positive things and things that we don't want to change that, you know, it took a pandemic for us to kind of get, you know, hit in the head to say like, this is something that you can do and you want to do and you can continue doing. Yes. And I would, I would maybe distinguish what what we're saying is that it took a pandemic and it took this widespread societal changes, you know, that everybody's kind of been in on. That does not mean that it took COVID-19 to do that, right? So I think mm-hmm. about friends who have lost parents and lost loved ones and I, I'm not I'm not trying to glorify that in any way. I'm just saying it it is surprising to me that things that I thought were unchangeable have been changed by this shared pandemic experience and what you just said, some of it is worth keeping. Some of it's worth remembering, even as things reopen. Well, thank you for joining us for the last episode of our series, not of our podcast. So to clarify, we are right, still yeah, going to keep important. going with our podcast. <laughs> and um, we will actually be next. We are officially going to do an episode a week. We have been doing it for the last do, 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 do. <laughs> the last nine weeks. It took weeks. a pandemic yeah. for us to realize we could do that. <laughs> I did. It seemed so impossible before that. It was impossible. And then we did it and we realized, oh, I guess we can do it. 
Man, this pandemic is teaching us so much. I know. Um, so we will be back next week with a regular scheduled program. This one, we actually, it's a good episode. I'm not going to say it's not a good episode, but we recorded it in January <laughs> and we pushed it back and pushed it back. And we only pushed it back because we thought it was too close to some episodes we were doing in January. So we wanted to push it back so it like stood on its own. And now it's gotten pushed real back to May. Um, so hopefully you enjoy it because yeah you don't want to miss it it's a good episode beth re-listened to it she said it was good um so uh i believe her on that and um so we will try to come back uh do an episode a week and get back to kind of the honest conversations about things that make us different that's right aren't necessarily (laughs) pandemic related i won't say we will never talk about the pandemic again you know no, right. will. it'll be an ongoing issue. For it will sure. be ongoing. It'll be part of the conversation because it is life now. And speaking of life now, I do want to say something that actually has been parale- paralleling the pandemic uh, for me is right at the beginning, right when I actually went to Nashville in early March, my um, my grandfather of 92, who I call my papu, mm-hmm. which is Greek for uh, grandfather. Early uh, in March, we found out that he probably only had weeks, you know, to a month left um, yeah. with some heart things. And so last week he did pass away. And I'm really sorry, Steph. Thanks. And we weren't able to go to the funeral because of the pandemic. But, um, you know, I uh, we were able to watch it. We were able to Zoom with family. So um, we got to say our goodbyes and all that. But I wanted to share a story that I thought went or went well with an episode we did a couple a couple months ago uh, about dyslexia so uh, you mentioned in this episode actually yeah. um, I am dyslexic we've talked about that um, but a story that I thought of when my papu passed away was when I was in first grade is when I was diagnosed so when I was in second grade I started getting a special I went to a started going to a special class for it and um, around that time my grandparents came to visit and I was in the um, the truck they had a, a big truck. I was in the big truck with my with my papu. And we were driving and we were just talking. And I'm pretty sure I was kind of lamenting about um, that. I, you know, I can't read. I think it's probably what I would have said. And he said, what do you mean? You can read. And I was like, no, I can't read. That's why I have to take these special classes. He's like, he's like, what does that sign say? I was like, I don't know. I can't read. And he's like, well, come on. What's the first letter? C. What's the next letter? O. what's the next letter? N. What does that spell? I don't know. Sound it out. What does it spell? Con. Con. And I was like, and he's like, okay, great. Con. And what's the next letter? O. Okay. And what's the, and the next was C O. And I was like, Con O Co. Conico. And it was a gas station. There was a gas station called Conico. And he was like, there you go. You can read. And I just remember like, there was like this feeling of, wow, I can. And since that moment, that's how I, I sound out words. I find words. If there's a word I don't know, I look at it and I see if there's words I know within that word, like con. I knew con. And I just had to put the other letters together and I could make the word. And so it was like that moment that taught me I can do this and I have to just look at it in a different way. And I've done that ever since. I still do that. And that was because of my papu. He's always been supportive of everything that me and my mom have done, me have done. Like, he's just was a great light in my life. Good memories of your papu. Exactly. Lou lived a good life. Good job, Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. 
At the end of each episode, we end with questions for reflection. These are questions based on today's show, and Beth will leave a little pause between each for you to pause the podcast, or you can find a PDF on our website. Number one, finish this sentence. It took a pandemic for me to... Number two, have you taken time to consider the positives that have come out of the pandemic in your own life? Number three, do you still long for what life was like before the pandemic? Number four, are you excited about the changes or are you loathing the idea of change? And number five, what have you binge watched during the pandemic? Did you enjoy it? Why or why not? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. I also want to mention while I was talking about my papu, Beth spilled a bunch of liquid on her shirt and it was hilarious. (laughs) We'll see you next time.